You're listening to RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven, a podcast designed to help financial professionals remove the fear and anxiety around going independent. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of RAA Collective. I'm your host, Charlie Van Derven. I am joined today by my new friend, Mark Willis. Mark is with Lake Worth Financial Services in Chicagoland, and I think serving a little of some areas outside of there too. Mark's got a pretty unique story. Um, and so I think that it'll benefit a lot of our listeners who are maybe in that kind of captive area looking at making a transition. Mark didn't do it the traditional way. He didn't walk out of college with that finance degree and go join the big firm and, and cut his teeth in this industry. Man, what a brave guy. He jumps right into being an RIA or I suppose an IAR operating an RIA. Mark, welcome to, welcome to RIA Collective. And thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to be with me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. Yeah, of course, man. I, I was attracted, Mark. We, we met on LinkedIn first initially a couple months ago, probably. Um, and I was attracted to your profile because you didn't take the traditional route, which, you know, a lot of people, I guess, I guess there's so many paths, paths in this industry, Mark, what's traditional anymore. But all, many of the advisors, many of the RAs I've met, I meet today, Right, they graduated with their finance degree. They probably went to a job fair. Maybe they hooked up with one of the big insurance companies or one of the big financial warehouses. Spent five or ten years there, realized it wasn't the environment for them, and then started to make their path to independence. But you didn't do it that way, man. You bucked that whole system. Tell tell me about that. What was that? Why that path to to an RIA right away? What was attractive about that? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up a little bit, Mark, because I'm not very good at that. And let you talk, man. <laughs> well, it it was a it was out of ignorance and not knowing the path in the first place. Sometimes, if you don't know the box, you can't think outside of it. Uh, so, if you uh, <laughs> if you can imagine, I graduated uh, with uh, a theology degree and uh, a master's of divinity, and so I never intended to be like a preacher, pastor, you know, priest, whatever. It wasn't in my uh, deck of cards to do that necessarily. I just really wanted to spend time getting a foundation in my faith and learning how people uh, grow better into a better future as a community. And that was kind of my goal. I moved to Chicago and worked for a nonprofit, a church here in the in the area here as a volunteer, got some part-time help for a, a few years while we were just getting started here in Chicagoland. But I knew I needed a full-time job that would ultimately replace any uh, money that we had raised to come come up here. Uh, so I started working for a CPA at the time, just helping out with tax prep and that sort of thing. And I jokingly say my favorite book of the Bible is the book of Numbers, because uh, I really loved getting into the math of things. And uh, interestingly, um, it was right in the midst of the 2008 uh, fallout, where there were people who were watching their 401ks become 201ks. Yeah. And yeah. And so I never knew that there was a captive model in the first place. Uh, all I knew is I, I I wanted nothing to do with the calls and conversations I was hearing my CPA make. And she was an incredible expert in her field. She nationally recognized CPA, but she was making those calls that just shook my bones, man. It was like, hey, Mr. Client, I know you're 63 years old. I know you're about to retire, but I just lost you half your life savings. And not so many words. And I felt yeah. like I was—I just had to get out of the business. I didn't want anything to do with that. 
Um, so it was about that time that I knew also that I had some major debts to pay off with my student loans. I mean, those degrees, while they were meaningful for me, they weren't exactly paying the bills in a in a market where people weren't hiring. Uh, in fact, my first job after getting out of college was uh, scraping the muck out from under an elevator at a property management building that I, I had just working as an employee, just trying to get the, the bills paid, right? So wow. talk about going from ego-driven degrees to the bottom of the barrel, literally. Wow. And so, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Big perspective, get you humble real quick. Yeah, so yeah, that was sort of my path. And I, I just realized that, Hey, if I can find a financial strategy to get me out of this muck, out of this mess, if I ever find strategies that help my family, myself personally, I want to shout it from the rooftops. And those were the strategies that helped me break free from my debts help get my family on a financially set path and changed my family tree. So I started the firm Lake Growth Financial Services and it was just a it was a reframing of my entire financial life. Cool. I feel like um money can and and where it's placed has a big impact on your mindset and your heart. Uh if your money is in in meme stocks and cryptocurrency, you're going to think different than if it's in a shoebox under your bed. Not that I'm recommending either of those things, uh, but it matters where your money lives because it acts different and the characteristics are different. So I wanted to be a counterintuitive, um, countercultural, you might say, not so average financial planner. And I ended up going through the CFP designation and getting that set up uh, and setting up an independent firm, Lake Growth Financial out of, out of Chicago. And we work with all clients in all 50 states. Yeah, that is awesome, man. What what a what a what a great perspective. So now compliance loves that you're not giving any financial advice right now, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. Com- thank you. I should say I should say the compliance hat you wear loves right. that you're not giving financial advice. But can you tell us a little bit about um, and again, not advice, but strategically, you go from cleaning muck out from under elevators to starting an RIA. What's what's the time span that you're talking about there? Like what's what's you know, is that is that four years of time? Well, it was um, I was working as an independent advisor and insurance agent uh, at the same time as I was okay. working in the property management firm. I should say it more clearly, like I, I was actually working with the CPA and the property management firm and a restaurant and uh, doing some side work uh, with a church that we were helping to get started. I mean, we yeah. were getting as many streams as we could of income. Because we were trying to get out from under the rock of all that debt we had created, or I had created, yeah. um, in the college degrees that that we had gotten. So, it was a uh, it was out of a means of necessity uh, that we were working all these jobs. And finance was a personal passion of mine. I remember though, as I was noticing my income was drawing to a close, and I did not want to keep doing that property management show. Snow shoveling in Chicago is not fun. Yeah, Getting right. under those elevators was not fun. So I started looking for the day job, the the you know the cubicle work, uh, and I went to a bank. I'll just call it a major multinational bank, and they have lots oh. of branches. Leave the name out. And yeah. I remember uh, trying to get that job as a teller, a bank teller, and connoting my passion. Like uh, you can tell just from our conversation, I I believe in this money thing and and that it matters where your money lives and what you do yeah. with your money matters to your heart and and to your uh, to your outcomes and your sanity and more. And I didn't get the job at, as a simple teller at a bank with a master's degree, and I didn't get a job. Again, it might have been the recession, but I didn't get the job, and that would have been a different path for my life to get that work a day, punch the clock, 
you know, W-2 style employee job and I didn't get the job. And I'm so thankful I didn't because it was right right after that, my wife gave me the courage to start the firm. And here we are today. That is awesome, man. So you, uh, you know, you speak so much about, you know, where you put your money and what your money does actually for your mindset. And, and we didn't rehearse this at all. So I don't know where your answer is going to go with this, but there's a big trend with, uh, with ESG, right. And, and, and values-based investing. Um, Is that something that's you, that, that Lake Worth dabbles in or, you know, is it again, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Well, here's the thing. I believe that you can control where your money goes. And uh, most of our clients are business owners, real estate investors, and all of the, and even NFL Super Bowl champions. But most of the people, I'd say the majority of the people we work with just want more certainty, agency, certainty, control over where their money is and what it's doing for them. Now, we've got clients all across the political spectrum. And so I have no interest in necessarily directing them into one particular asset class over another. And I know there's a lot of um, a lot of distinction in the ESG world. And I know that it's come under scrutiny recently because typically so, those assets underperform, generally speaking, because we're looking for more than just a rate of return. That's what I love about that, that push, whether it's ESG or ABC or XYZ. What I love is that we're looking for more than just rate of return. Uh, what I want is for our clients to have even more control, like down to the granular, should they choose, like, why should we have prohibited transactions in a self-directed IRA? Why can't I fix up my kitchen? If I'm going to use my money, it should be my money. So why do I need to have a bunch of prohibited transactions on what I can do with my IRA funds? I had a gentleman one time, he had an IRA, you know, an individual retirement account, and he he tried to use his self-directed IRA to buy a retirement home. Now that's a no-no in the IRS world. But he said his world, his his understanding was, hey, this is a retirement account. I should be able to buy my retirement home. Well, the IRS didn't like that and they called it a prohibited transaction. It all became taxable and he got a penalty in the current year. Ouch. So yeah. where is that written? Like, why is that a good idea to lock our money up for decades and then we can't right. even use it? We have to be 60 years old before we feel like we can even be adults and use our own money. So to answer your question, no, I don't have a uh, like an ESG portfolio that I tell folks here, you need to put your money in here. I generally speaking as a CFP, sit down and listen carefully to the values, goals, objectives of our clients. And then maybe they want to do real estate investing. Maybe this guy over once, over here wants to do Airbnb. Maybe this person over here wants to invest internationally and so on. So we look for you know, ways to put the money to work where you can control it uh, with little mm, uh, red tape or, 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 um, or prohibition on your money. Yeah. And I agree with you. What good is it wrapped up somewhere where you can't touch it? I mean, you know, we can't get your money to work for you at that point. So I, right. I agree with you there. Now I'm, I'm stoked for you, Mark, that you're no longer working five jobs. Yeah, but that, <laughs> me too. But that doesn't, but that doesn't mean you don't stay incredibly busy, not only with client work and Lake Worth, but you've also got a podcast. Right, not mm-hmm. not your average financial podcast. Um, how long have you been doing that? We that's we're kindred. We're kindred in that way, Mark, or something like that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. We well, you and I both see the power of this platform and how we live in the future now, where we can be in the ears of many people and uh, your you know loyal audience. You get to know them, and they get to know you over the many years. Yeah. We yeah. started in uh, September 2017. I believe. And um, with the great help of my team, we haven't missed a single week ever since. I think we're getting close wow. to episode 300. 
And it's been a great opportunity for me to get closer to my clients and prospective clients uh, to get to meet with them. And it quite candidly has helped refine my voice, my message, my belief system. Uh, I believe you got to be bold in this business. If you're just a creamy peanut butter financial advisor, number 17,213, no one's going to care what you think. Uh, You have to show them that you have a clear and compelling message, that you are not so average, that in fact, you are swimming upstream the current. Uh, And in a world where, you know, financial advisors, there's 93,000 CFPs, last I checked. Uh, So what makes anybody care what you have to say? I think it really comes down to your belief system. And uh, you're going to attract the right people and you're going to repel the rest. That's I'm okay with both of those things. Yeah. And I think, you know, is uh, our messaging, our marketing, if you will, right? I, I don't like to just, that's such a, that's such a term I don't want to put on it, but uh, our messaging is really designed to expel or, or repel, let's say 95% of people, right? I yeah. just want to talk to the people that, that want to talk to me and I'm okay with that. Um, and that goes with, could... that grows with, that that also goes as our, as our firm Lake Growth is actually hiring right now, we're looking for additional advisors and and uh, I actually think the same with the people we work with too, our employees, our associates that work with us at our firm. Uh, you want to make sure that you, in fact, you can even uh, see it as sort of a, a measure of protection. Like, I don't want people who shouldn't be with us in our firm. And it's okay. It's okay for us all to be very different uh, and to have 10,000 different independent um Advisors is better than having one consolidated mega firm that every financial advisor has to fall in line with. I'm glad there's no McDonald's of um, McDonald'sization of the financial industry. Well, it, it seems to be going the other way, right? Yeah, I mean, right. You know, the, the the migration is actually to the independence, not to the McDonald'sization, which yeah, which um, which probably could serve the restaurant industry well if it started to start to reverse itself. But I'm I want to share a couple more numbers because you mentioned the number of CFPs ninety three thousand. I think it's last year Finra's number six hundred twelve thousand registered reps. Wow, almost seventy thousand IARs. So you, mm. you know those those aren't in that six hundred twelve thousand. Now, of course, not everybody's practicing. But all the same, I mean, we're talking, let's say, 350,000, 400,000 practicing advisors in this country. Well, that's you, you have to be bold. Yeah, you do. And you think about it like um, um, if there were 400,000 heart surgeons, would yep. you just go to the one closest by? Would you just right. work with the nearest one or would you search out the very best, the one that most aligned with your values, your perspective on life, your you know, your hopes and, and dreams for, for, you know, your medical outcome is important. I would say your financial outcome is important too. So stand yeah. out from the crowd and uh, be yeah. okay with being a little weird niche down yeah. until it hurts. Even if you're just working only with, I agree, man. you know, you know, with one-legged ballerinas, you should work, work with that specific target market because you'll, you'll be happier as a result. So that's a tough market. Yeah, I know. Um, one that, <laughs> there's probably out there somewhere. Or something. That's right. Uh, exactly. There are two or three people in that market, but you can speak specifically to that person. I'm a big advocate of that too. Get narrow, yeah. right? With that kind of competition, get narrow, cut the competition, and it allows you in that messaging, in the podcast, whatever that is, to speak specifically to your audience. So I love that. So Mark, I want to ask you a couple of questions. You've, you've offered us a bunch of nuggets already. Um, you said one thing, which we'll laugh about real quick and then we'll move on from. But, uh, you know, when we were when we were getting to know each other, you mentioned that um, how, how important it is to be a fiduciary we were talking about. 
your your sound bite, what I you know I oh, wrote yeah. down mm-hmm. so I could bring it back up is hey Bernie Madoff was a fiduciary, right? So anyway, right. I just I gotta bring that up because yeah, you said. know, listen, wording is meaningless, titles are meaningless, yeah. Um, the letters after your name are meaningless. I've not seen a single person just fall through our office doors begging to work with a CFP. Um, yeah. I've I've honestly it might have kept some clients uh and it certainly has improved my skill sets. Uh, but yeah. The word fiduciary is just, it's meaningless. What matters is the trust that you build with your clients. So yes, I agree. There's there's nothing, I don't care what uh, licenses you have. What I care about is your integrity and your humility and your ability to learn and serve. Love that. Love that. Um, I want to, I want to just your journey, right? I want to, I want to, I want to kind of get the low light and the highlight of the journey. So um, Lake, Lake Growth is um, 2011 founded, did I see? So I believe so. Yeah. As as you look at that, I know exactly the day I founded Social Advisors. I bet you know that day too. Uh, Well, I started independent, like one on one. I did my own thing individually in 2011. I guess we officially launched Lake Growth the following, the end of the following year. But yes, and I think Mm -hmm. I I think yeah, awesome. So so 2011, 2012. um, As you look back on that journey, which is crazy, but already like say 12 years from from the foundation of, of of the RIA. Um, anything that you would change in what you did, anything that anything our listeners can learn from you so they don't make eh, mistakes. I don't want to term it that way, but you know, anyway, what can they learn from you, Mark? Sometimes uh, I think just realizing that you're in business for yourself, but you're not in, you don't have to be in business by yourself. I think the rugged individualism is both a blessing and a curse. And so if you can find a mastermind as soon as possible, uh, not feel like you have to reinvent this wheel, uh, that there are people who figured out where the bear traps are, where you don't have to step on the landmines that they stepped on. Uh, you know, I think experience can save you years and it doesn't have yep. to be your experience. Uh, so that's the the thing I'd say do different is uh, find that mastermind and lean into it hard as soon as possible. Well, any, any masterminds that you like? Well, the one that I've been around for a long time now is one known as the Bank on Yourself Professionals Mastermind. It's, Love you know, it. you know, nationwide, it's been... Uh, just a godsend for me to keep me, you know, Wonderful. focused on the best way to serve clients. I got a, I got a couple that I really like. Um, Magellan Network is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's a mastermind, but a community I really like. And it's it's not just for women, but it's females in finance. My good friend, Cheryl Hickerson yeah. uh, r- runs that community. So she's awesome. Uh, but it is for men as well, but really supporting the growth of, of women in the industry. Um, and what great advice is that? Um, now, when you choose your mastermind and you become part of that community, participate. Right. Participate. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. Um, on the flip side of that, as you look at your journey and starting your RIA, Mark, anything that you did that maybe maybe you didn't even know at the time that it was a great pivotal move, anything you did that you can pass advice along to? Well, we had the opportunity to receive leads uh, right as I was getting started in the practice. Uh, and I thought I thought I had signed up and you know put my card in, credit card information in all that stuff to get those those uh, leads and start to rely on those, but I forgot to put in uh, one crucial element, which was zip, zip codes. I didn't have any like um, nothing to my name, and so a year and a half went by and I didn't get a single lead. And I'm like, this this lead source is not really producing yeah, a lot for me. Good, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, all along the way, I was so busy doing workshops and meeting one-on-one with folks that I just didn't, it didn't bother me too much because my calendar was full. 
And so when I realized my mistake I'd made, I fixed it and I started to get, you know, leads from the system. But um, I'd say a pivot point is, you know, don't be dependent on someone else to uh, make those introductions, go out there and start adding value to the marketplace, create your voice, figure out your distinct, bold opinions, your clear and compelling message, refine that message uh, and do it from day one, rather than just relying on someone else's marketing efforts. Um, that yeah. that made a big difference to me and, and I think was an element in our success. That mistake awesome. I made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, I love that. But to, to your point, like get active. Right. Mm-hmm. Get active, whether that's digital, whether that's shaking hands in your community, doing educational events, whatever that is, get active. Absolutely. Look, if um, you're going to be independent, you can't be passive. Uh, I mean, you know, I think yeah. we as as business owners, we love the idea of passive income. But what in life is passive that you really care about? Think about it. Is your garden passive? Is your marriage passive? My car is not passive. I need to constantly update it, work on it, repair it, fill it up with gas. My health, my my six pack is not going to be. A, I don't even have a six pack, but if I did, it would not be passive. <laughs> yeah, I never, so, I never have. Yeah, got to be focused on on lead generation from day one. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, tell me about a little bit about where Lake Growth is going. Well, we want to continue to see a, a revolution in how people deal with their money. I don't think you know. Where is it written that we have to use the uh, the Wall Street machine for the vast majority of our financial lives? Uh, could it be possible, maybe, that there's better or at least alternative strategies that can complement the investment portfolios we set up for clients? So, um, I think it would be incredible if we could see even ten percent of the American population uh, have a financial strategy that they could count on that didn't take any unnecessary risks that built sound generationally sound money solutions into their lives that help their kids with college or get their business started or retire with you know with some some manner of certainty. So uh, that's what we want to do. So we're in the middle of hiring a number of uh, agents, advisors, uh, financial professionals, CFPs. Uh, and we've been able to do that for the last, uh, since 2015, we brought our first uh, associates in, but uh, we're continuing to just look around and say, who's running with us and keep running. Cool. How big is that team now? Uh, we, well, we are, a, let's see, three, five, six, seven different advisors, including myself. Awesome, man. Awesome. And then um, there's a number of staff and so forth that help support the team. You're a solid dude, Mark. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the, the goodwill you bring to the industry, man. Well, thank awesome. you. Um, if any of our listeners have questions and maybe even somebody who is in a position that they're not exactly excited about and, and looking for some new opportunity, are you cool with being a resource? Sure. Yeah. I'd be open to that. Awesome. Mark, how do they, how do they reach you if they want to ask you some questions or get to know you better? Well, you can get to know me first. You can go to our podcast, Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, If you want to reach out and say a quick hello, go to lakegrowth.com. That's L-A-K-E-G-R-O-W-T-H.com. There's a big button there that says book a meeting with Mark. Happy to speak with you for 15 minutes. See if our working together would be the right fit. Awesome, Mark. That's great. You're uh, you're doing great things, man. You, I I love talking to you because you you don't have you know the 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 foundational biases of coming out of that that machine, if you will, right? So, um, totally different, unique path. And what's cool about 
everybody I get to interview, everybody's gotten to where they are. First off, if you're independent, to your point, you've got to be bold, right? That doesn't happen by accident. That doesn't happen unless you take action. So thank you for what you bring to this industry and the advisors that you support and the clients you support. And that Super Bowl champion, did they do the Super Bowl shuffle? <laughs> being, being in Chicago, I got to ask, you know? Well, it was uh, just so happy I got to keep client confidentiality, but of course, uh, they're, of course. they're a superstar and they're doing a Super Bowl shuffle in my heart every day. Awesome, man. Very cool. <laughs> well, yeah. Good, good, good job on that, Mark. So Mark Willis, Lake Growth Financial Services, Chicagoland, USA. Thank you so much for being my guest on REA Collective today. Thank you very much, Charlie. Glad to be on. Yeah. Awesome, man. And for anybody who spent their time listening to this episode, by all means, check out lakegrowth.com. If you want to reach out to Mark, he's got some opportunities for advisors looking for for new homes, if you will. Um, And for spending some time with us, thank you so much. If you like what you hear, please share it, please review it. That helps the, you know, the listening platforms, put it in front of more people so we can reach more people. And we don't have that big sponsorship yet. So anything you do to help us grow is much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of RAA Collective. You've just listened to another episode of RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Durven. For more information, visit riacollective.com. Now, have a great day.